Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Twelve oh four here on WGR Sports Radio five fifty. This is our number two of WGR's Fast Track, our thrilling season finale as we make way for Buffalo Bills football here on Sundays on WGR starting next Sunday. But we're on here today live from Watkins Glen for the IndyCar race. And joining me live right now in the media center is a rookie driver making just his second for IndyCar start today, RC Ener- RC Enerson. RC, uh, great to see you and uh, thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, your day is off to a pretty good start. P2 in the morning warm-up. Uh, what did you you and the Dale Coin Racing team figure out they got the cars going so good this morning? Yeah, I mean, we had a pretty strong qualifying, qualifying 11th, and uh, that's when everybody's really pushing. But I think everybody today was uh, more focused on trying to figure something out for the race, and I think we just did that. We have a good car in traffic. We have a we have some fast pit stops. We got a good pit spot, and uh, I, I think we can do well, well to here today. Your first time here racing Watkins Glen, correct? Um, so what did you think when you got out there? Just uh, your thoughts of, of racing around this facility. Oh man, it's one amazing track. It's super historic and it's, uh, it's got a cool flow to it and it's, it's, it's challenging. It's, it takes a lot of commitment. It's very high speed. It, 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 it just takes a lot of, a lot out of you too, physically. Compared to other road courses, uh, that you've driven on the speed aspect of it, does it, it how much more of a challenge that the speed and the g-forces have to be a lot on you guys compared to you know say racing like on a street course or something yeah i mean especially with the new pavement they have here they just repaved and it's uh it's we're already five and a half seconds under track record or something like that it's it's pretty insane how much grip there actually is we're pulling so many g-forces more than we do anywhere else really besides ovals and it's uh it's pretty challenging just tell us real quick uh, how you've made your way here to the IndyCar Series. Uh, what other forms of racing did you use to, to make your way here to the IndyCar Series and with Dale Coyne? Yeah, of course, like most drivers, I started in karting, and then I got into uh, the Skip Barber Race School and did that for a little bit and then got into the Mazda Road to Indy. And uh, spent three years in the two-liter cars of 2000 and uh, did, did a year and a half of Indy Lights and then kind of came over to Coyne and for the, for the IndyCar to do my debut at Mid-Ohio, and it was it was pretty good. Obviously, uh, it, it's got to be a thrill getting to the, the highest level of your profession, but just to race with the, the level of competition that they have right now in the IndyCar Series, the guys that drive for Penske and Ganassi and your, your teammate, Connor Daly, just uh, James Hinchcliffe, just, it, it's got to be amazing to, to run with some people like that. Yeah, I mean, they have a ton of experience, and I have a lot to learn as well. It's only my second weekend in the car, and it's, uh, I've already learned a ton, and I am continue to keep learning every single time I go out on the track. And it's it's good for me to learn from guys. I sit I sit on the grid and I look around me and I see people with ten years plus of experience in IndyCar and it's it's good to know that I'm able to be there and uh, basically get to race with my idols that I grew up watching. It's it's a pretty cool pretty cool feeling. 
Is there someone you've been able to lean on? I know, like I said, your teammates Connor Daly, but is there somebody else maybe in another team that you can go to and maybe not give away all of their secrets, but maybe just give you a few pointers? Yeah, I mean, the, uh, the, the drivers are really nice around me and everything. They, they accept new, new, new people into the series, and it's, it's pretty nice. But I think I've learned the most out of Connor because he's got almost the whole season under his belt, if not a little bit more, I think. It's, uh, and from him and the engineers, it's in, they're all their experience. I'm able to learn a ton from them. Uh, talk about today's race. I know tires have been a big topic of discussion. The the blacks and the grippier reds. Uh, without giving away all, all the all the big secrets from your team, uh, what have you guys figured out? Do you, do you think you've nailed down a tire strategy for today? Yeah, I mean it's tricky because it's usually the the, the reds are a lot quicker. But you saw in qualifying, like um, it's kind of a toss up between which which one you're more comfortable on. Really, it, you'll, I bet you'll see some people on reds, some people on blacks. It it all depends on. How your car is, there's a lot of people that when you switch tires, compounds, the the car changes pretty dramatically. And uh, right now, I think everybody's kind of settled into which one they want to run. What is your uh, favorite part of the course here at the Glen? There, there's so many different aspects. You've got, you know, the, the turn one, that 90-degree turn. You've got Then you got the S's. You've got the bus stop. Uh, you guys get to run the boot, of course, which we don't get to see on the NASCAR weekend. But what is your favorite part of the course here, at least that you've, you think so far that you've been here here at the Glen? I think my favorite part would have to be the bus stops and carousel section right there. It's super high speed and super grippy, and it's uh, it's it's a lot of flowing corner, and it's pretty nuts in these things. We're only brushing the brakes down a few gears and back to full throttle through it, so it's it's tricky, and I can't wait to see how it's going to go through the race running in traffic. Now, of course, this is your first start here, but you did get some time in testing. We were talking before we came in there. You did get to do a test session, so you did have a little bit of track knowledge before you got here this weekend, right? Yeah, we got a half a day here um, before it started raining around lunchtime, so it was it was a big learning curve. I was able to at least understand the track and understand the grip and uh, get a little bit of a hang of it, but it was more this weekend where I really got to learn and actually push the limits of it. Uh, what are the plans for 27? Have you lined anything up? Are you going to be back with Dale Coyne next year, or is that still being uh, figured out? I mean, it's still being figured out. We want to figure things out first. It's it, We're more or less concentrating on Watkins Glen and uh, Sonoma for for this season and then see what we can bring after and uh, find find some sponsorship, find something to come back next season full-time. Full well, like I was saying, when you, you walked in the, the last time here, I was for an IndyCar race. Of course, your team won with the late Justin Wilson. Uh, how cool it would be to get your car owner a second win here at the Glen today. Yeah, it would be amazing. I mean, me and Connor both have really good cars, and uh, even though Connor's not quite starting up as far as we would both like to with some things happening and qualifying, um, I think I think we have a good chance to come away with a good result. R.C. Anderson, thank you so much for the time. Again, race mornings, afternoons, I know, very busy. We were in and out of warm-ups, so I really appreciate the time. Good luck today. Thank you. R.C. Anderson from Dale Coin Racing. We'll uh, let him get back with the team. Um, and, again, thank you guys so much. We'll have a great race day. But uh, here on WGR, 803-0550, got the phones open now as uh, the team's uh, R.C. is going to head back to the hauler and get ready for this afternoon's race, which gets going here just after 2.30 this afternoon. Uh, in case you missed our first hour, again, we're live here at Watkins Glen International for today's IndyCar Grand Prix at the Glen. And uh, R.C. Anderson, we just talked to second quickest in the morning warm-up session, uh, just behind Scott Dixon, who's been very fast all weekend, uh, reset the, the track record in, in qualifying, and uh, is uh, starting on the pole for today's race. But phone lines open here at 803-0551-888-550-2550. The IndyCar Series coming off a very exciting finish uh, at Texas last weekend. Uh, we talk, I know we talked about a little bit last week on the program, but a, a last lap pass by Graham Rahal uh, going by James Hinchcliffe to uh, get the win there on the mile-and-a-half track at Texas. And, and after that race... Um, 
Hinchcliffe uh, and his uh, team were uh, were handed a post-race penalty for uh, being too low. Uh, the ride height was too low after the race. He did get a point penalty, but did keep his finish. But uh, Hinch has been a little frustrated this weekend. We talked a little bit about it with, with John Oriovitz, of course. Um, he uh, took a, a penalty in, in qualifying, as we talked about in the opening hour. And uh, he, I heard some comments from him during the, the warm session. I was listening to the uh, the IMS radio broadcast uh, online here, getting ready to do the show, and they were playing some sound bites from him. And he has just been uh, fuming at, at what IndyCar did to him during qualifying on top of the penalty that they already got uh, this week um, from from the series um, for the uh, the infraction uh, post-Texas. So uh, he is very uh, frustrated. And I saw him tomo- uh, this morning come out of the driver's meeting, and uh, he did not look happy at all. He was shaking his head. So obviously um, he has uh, not been happy with some of the calls that have been not going in his favor over the last couple of weeks uh, for he and his team as Hinchcliffe. Uh, rolls off 13th this afternoon for uh, Schmidt-Peterson Motorsports. Uh, he's uh, right in the middle of the pack. Could have had a shot at the top six. He was fast enough to make the top six, but the, he spun in qualifying. And when that happened, he uh, held up the progress of one of the other drivers on the racetrack, and he was penalized for it, which you're, you're not allowed to do during the group qualifying sessions, and uh, was received the penalty and was not able to go to the fast six, which is why he'll start 13th today. Again, 803-0551-888-550-2550. Where do, where, um, if you have uh, IndyCar, if you're an IndyCar fan, would love to hear from you this morning, but uh, all the other racing action going on around the, the country, around the world, is on tap here this morning, as we talked about a little bit uh, during the opening hour. Of course, NASCAR at Darlington this weekend for today's Southern 500, the next-to-last race um, for the Spring Cup Series. And uh, it, it's just watching some of the actually watched one of the practice sessions late last night when I got back, um, got to the hotel I was staying at uh, in Auburn in between uh, after the races at Oswego last night and just the practice session. And they would take time and focus in on all the different cars and their throwback schemes and what they were paying tribute to. And it, it's just been a, an amazing promotion. Really, really neat. I think NASCAR tries really hard to, to connect with these throwback, uh, these old school fans because uh, some of the new school fans they may have adopted in the last 10 or so years have started to fall off and the ones that have stuck it out are are more of the old school racing fans so they're trying to connect with them with all these old school paint schemes but it has been really cool to see these cars on the track you you look at you know Biffle's got the the Alan Kowicki tribute paint scheme with Hooters on the car and uh, even says the the underbird on the on the nose of the car, which is another uh, it's a callback to Kowicki's car uh, when he was driving a Ford Thunderbird. They they took the T and the H off and just said underbird on the nose of the car because they were a single car uh, self ownership operation. So they were kind of underdogs and they they and uh, Biffle's got that on the nose today too. And uh, great to it was great to see. And then you look at Matt Kenseth car. He's got the Tide sponsorship. And that right there is huge with Tide and Hooters to to come back into the sport because they had been onto the sport for some years now. Um, you know, Hooters hasn't been involved in the Cup Series probably almost twenty years, if not more. And, and Tide's been out of it since they they stopped sponsoring uh, the Bricky Craven and the team he drove for uh, about a decade ago. So to get those sponsors in, even for just one race, is you know huge for NASCAR to to bring those sponsors back in the sport. And hopefully they can do enough this weekend where it uh, brings them back to the sport. Uh, the other big news, of course, out of the NASCAR world 
this weekend, as we talked a little bit about with John Oriovitz is Dale Earnhardt Jr. We got word this week uh, that he is done for the season. He'll be he'll miss the remaining 12 races. Not really a surprise um, because he'd already missed so many races at this point. You know, he wasn't going to likely not going to make, make the chase. So um, outside of Dale wanting to get back in the car, what would you know, what what could they really it's, it's just better for him to rest up obviously, and, and be 100% when they go back to Daytona uh, in 2017 uh, and, and versus him maybe getting back in the car at a you know an 85-90%, not only with the concussion, but of course physically just from sitting out the weeks in the car and not, you know, he, he's doing some working out, but probably not as much, uh, not as much um, had he been, you know, racing week in and week out. So instead of you know, at 85, 90% Dale Jr., let's get him back to 100% uh, when when they get back to Daytona in 2017. And that that is a big if, of course. We, we've, we've talked about it already, but the possibility that Dale Jr. does not even come back next year. He retires, and you hear grumblings of that, that uh, he might just straight up announce his retirement at some point um, here this season. And that will be a huge blow to the sport when uh, you look at what, the series has lost in star power now over the last couple of years we've got well Jeff Gordon retired but obviously been back driving in a fill-in role but that wasn't expected you've got Tony Stewart hanging it up after this year of course and you've got Dale Jr. now with uh, the possibility that he retires so there you've got three of the biggest names if you walk down the street and ask someone to name five NASCAR drivers those three names are probably on the list if not the top of the list of, of names that people have heard of before um, outside of you know like a Jimmy Johnson so it'll be a a, a huge um, hole for the sport to fill with uh, three of the sport's biggest personalities of this century uh, possibly um, out uh, of the sport um, for good following this season because you know Stewart retiring I don't think you'll see Jeff Gordon back behind the wheel I think he'll have got his fill uh, filling in in the 88 this year and then uh, possibly Dale Jr. Uh, the the Last 12 races will be split between uh, Gordon and Alex Bowman, although Alex will get the majority uh, of the uh, starts. I think Jeff's going to run Martinsville. Uh, I thought I see he's running Richmond next week. He's running Martinsville and Homestead, I think. Maybe one or two others, but Alex Bowman will get Talladega and some of the other tracks left on the schedule um, in the 88 car. Again, 803 552-550. If you were uh, trying to get in during the first hour, we got some open phones here for the remainder of this opening segment. Hope to get one more guest on. We got some feelers out trying to get someone else to uh, join us up here uh, in the second floor of the Media Center at Watkins Glen uh, International here for today's uh, IndyCar race. Um, NHRA has their big weekend this weekend, uh, the U.S. Nationals, uh, Labor Day tradition. Of course, they race on Monday as, as part of... Um, that the U.S. Nationals, and that'll be uh, live on TV tomorrow, uh, qualifying uh, is just getting underway, actually, uh, at the U.S. Nationals, um, and they'll have eliminations tomorrow, and that'll be actually live on the Fox Network from uh, from 1 to 4 p.m., so we'll be able to watch that live tomorrow. Um, <laughs> got the uh, You can watch that live tomorrow on uh Fox and Fox Sports 1, so uh, that has been a huge deal, by the way, for the NHRA, that TV deal at Fox. Uh, their ratings have been up. The, uh, they're having it live, especially on network television. Uh, that has been a big boost for that series, which is great to hear. 
um, with all the, the great personalities in, involved in NHRA drag racing. Um, that has been a huge, huge deal for them this year with their new TV deal and a partner in in Fox and Fox Sports 1 that wants to show eliminations live. And it's not easy to do. It's not like a oval track, uh, oval or circuit track race where you, you wave the green flag and then it goes nonstop until the, the checkered flag, minus any cautions. You know, you've got, you know, cars go, they make a four-second pass and, you know, and then next pair they got to, you know, go through the burnout and, and backing up staging. And if you get an oil down, you know, it's, it's, take, it's a long cleanup if you get a major oil down at a drag strip. So it's not easy to show the sport on live television. And Fox's broadcasts have not all been fully 100% live. They kind of they kind of catch up thanks to tape delay. And then by the time they get to the finals, that is the actual live part. So they can kind of trim some of the fat out of the early rounds of eliminations but uh, it, it's still an improved product. They've been doing a good job. They kept some of the, the broadcast voices on and brought in some new people. And it, uh, definitely um, great to see for the folks at NHRA. I just got a tweet from Ryan Soucy. Uh He must have forgot what he said in that interview when we talked on Friday because uh, the fiance, his fiance Rebecca, uh, got, got to hear the interview. And she uh, apparently uh, is not happy <laughs> With Ryan, uh, with uh, the I guess the honeymoon talk there, she didn't appreciate. But uh, don't worry, he means well. I, I'm I'm sure uh, he'll make it up to you. But we were just joking um, with uh, Ryan getting married in late September, and whenever a race car driver tries to get married in the middle of racing season, it provides challenges, um, and especially when uh, the driver wants to go racing that weekend. So uh, we, but thanks Ryan for the time. Congratulations. Thanks for listening this morning. And uh, hopefully you get out of the doghouse with with your uh, fiance. Uh, Formula One was also in action uh, this morning, and it was on all the TVs here in the media center at Watkins Glen. Obviously, with the tie-ins with the IndyCar community, and uh, another win for Nico Rosberg and Mercedes today at Italy uh, Monza for the Grand Prix of Italy. Uh, Nico Rosberg got the win over Lewis Hamilton. No surprise there. Uh, Ferrari does good in front of the hometown folks with uh, third and fourth with uh, Vettel rounding out the podium. Kimi Raikkonen finishing in fourth. Daniel Ricciardo uh, rounding out the top five at uh, Monza for the um, Formula One. Uh, speaking of racing close to our area, we uh, the NASCAR Camper World Truck Series is in action today at Canadian Tire Motorsports Park up in uh, Bowmanville, Ontario, not far from western New York. In fact, some of you may be uh, on your way there this morning um, to, to watch the race, but uh, Cole Custer on the pole for today's Truck Series race at Canadian Tire Motorsports Park. Austin Sindrick, who uh, his dad actually works for Penske Racing, and uh, the Penske folks are, of course, here at the Glen today, saw, saw Roger this morning. Um, we'll start on the uh, outside of the front row. Uh, his Brad Keselowski racing teammate, Daniel Hemrick, starts third. Kaz Grala fourth. William Byron starting fifth. Of course, Byron, the uh, series points leader, uh, five wins already in 2016 for Byron. Then uh, Brett Moffat, Cameron Haley, Tyler Reddick, Spencer Gallagher, and Ben Rhodes rounding out the top 10 starters today. Uh, a name to keep in mind if you're going to be watching the truck race later today is Canadian driver Gary, I believe it's Clute. Uh, he's driving for Kyle Busch Motorsports, so that right away just gives you a reason to keep an eye on him because he's driving in the best equipment in the series. And actually, uh, our buddy uh, Clinton Jeffrey, who's been on the show, of course, a couple of times from uh, Humberstone 
and uh, Ashwiken Speedways, I believe, is doing some spotting for him. Of course, they need multiple spotters for the road course, but uh, Clinton is uh, helping out the 51 team as a spotter today, apparently at Canadian Tire Motorsports Park. So that's a, a kind of neat, neat connection there I wanted to mention. Uh, but he'll be starting 15th uh, in the Truck Series race today at Canadian Tire Motorsports Park up in Bowmanville. Um, and uh, their, their regular season also winding down, of course, the Truck Chase and the Xfinity Series Chase. Uh, both uh, about to start as well soon, too. Um, and the Xfinity Series, they ran Darlington yesterday, of course. And uh want to give a shout-out to Ryan Priest. We had on the show here uh, right before uh, the uh, Tommy Tony race in Lancaster, of course. Uh, he got a career-best finish yesterday in the Xfinity Series, uh, Ryan placing in the top ten. So uh, good to see uh, Ryan in his first trip to Darlington. That's not an easy track for uh for first timer, um, Ryan uh, uh, finished in the got a top ten finish out of it yesterday. So uh, congrats to Ryan on his career best with the Xfinity Series. He wound up trying to pull up the results. He finished tenth, so right inside the top ten for Priest. Uh, good to see that with uh, you know one of the more mid card teams uh, on the Xfinity Series, not one of the big Cup supported teams. Elliot Sadler got the win over Denny Hamlin, uh, Daniel Suarez, Kyle Larson, and Brennan Poole round out the top five in yesterday's Xfinity race at uh, Darlington Raceway. When we come back, we'll continue on here from Watkins Glen International, the site of today's IndyCar race. We are live here from the Glen. Phone lines are open for you at 803-0551-888-552-550 as uh, we continue out Fast Track here on WGR. Oh, no. here on WGR Sports Radio 550 Dave Buchanan and WGR's Fast Track live here from Watkins Glen International, the site of today's IndyCar Grand Prix at the Glen, presented by Hitachi, it says here, on the official starting lineup of today's race. And just, uh, it's really a blast here to be live on site for a uh, for a racing event to do this show. We've been, I think this is my my ninth year of doing, doing Fast Track on WGR and Tried to do this in the past and wasn't uh, wasn't capable with the equipment, but we've got this great equipment now that makes it so easy to broadcast uh, on site. We've got these little handheld devices that just use a cell phone connection, basically. Uh, and, and luckily, it's a it's a Verizon it's a Verizon unit because we're at a Verizon sponsored racing event, so I'm sure they bring in extra cell towers to help us out. But it, it's uh, amazing that uh, with this little piece of equipment that we can broadcast live. To you like this uh, from a, a major motorsports event, and hopefully more to come uh, next season. Of course, this is our, our final show of the 2016 season. As uh, it will at least, I don't know. We might you, you never know with the course of the bill schedule. We might get one of those few chase specials we like to call them. Uh, if we get a, a Sunday when there's no Bills fit, football, but uh, for our regular weekly program this is our last one of the year so uh thank you all for for listening throughout the 2016 season if you want to get in one last phone call this season now's a great time to do it 803-0551-888-550-2550 um do you do you think about the indycar I, this sounds like it sounds like a, a strange question but how tuned into the indycar series are you western new york race fan because we are so close to so many events on the schedule, especially now with with you know the Glen being back on the schedule like it is, it's the the closest major motorsports facility uh, to us here in, in, for for us that live in bu the Buffalo area. I mean, it's the the closest 
well, permanent. I guess you could say that the, the Toronto course is technically closer to Buffalo, but that's not a permanent race facility. But you, you look at it, we've got so many options, especially in the, on the later part of the IndyCar schedule. We've got so many options that we from Western New York can drive three, maybe four hours most and hit an IndyCar race. You've got here at the Glen, you've got the IndyCar race, which has been on the schedule for a long time, but you've got you know Mid-Ohio, which... I don't believe is all that far. I've never driven directly to Mid-Ohio, but I've driven driven past it on my way to uh, – I went to Mansfield uh, Motor Speedway a while back. Um, Mid-Ohio was kind of on the way, so that's not a far drive. And you got you got Pocono, and you've got – you got Pocono on the schedule too, which is you know I know a, a few people from Western New York they'll they'll make the trip to Pocono for the the Cup races when they have them. So I'm not sure what the the how long of a drive Pocono is from Western New York if it if it's more than four hours. But we've got so many races close to us that uh, I I wonder if you know if if with maybe a, a bigger campaign to, to make it aware to the Western New York community. But, um, you know, could you become become an IndyCar fan, I guess, knowing that you can get to so many of the races in person? Or if that, that doesn't matter to you as much, if you just, if you just are, are satisfied with watching it on TV every week and you don't need to go to the race in person, that's, that's fine too. But I it just if having the accessibility makes you more of a fan because IndyCar is, is huge in, in, in the, the local traditional markets, of course, Indianapolis, Indiana, of course, it's, you know, the big, it's gigantic because, you know, it has the brickyard right there, but you know, the markets where IndyCar goes on a regular basis, like, uh, you know, the, the Ohio mid Ohio market and, and some of the other facilities on their schedule, it is a big deal f- for those local markets, but national, obviously the ratings, you know, are way behind the the NASCAR ratings, but I, I wonder if the Buffalo market in general becomes even bigger or, or bigger once again to to IndyCar, knowing that there's so many races close by to us, and um, with the opportunity to see them in person, uh, it, knowing that the the Glens back on the schedule for the next two years is huge too, having knowing that commitment that this just isn't some today isn't just some one-off deal and it was just you know Watkins Glen doing IndyCar a favor when they lost the Boston race that was a street road course race that was supposed to take place this weekend when that fell off they needed to fill the hole and the Glen kind of came in and rescued them but in fact they got together and they hammered out a plan and the you know it's 2017 2018 at least you're going to have IndyCar coming back here uh at uh, back to, to Watkins Glen. So now for those of you not here today, maybe you can make plans to come back in uh, 2017 or 2018. Let's go to the phones and bring in Tony from Clarence's on the line. Tony, good afternoon. Yes, sir. I, that, I'm going to miss the show for sure. You know that. Uh, my point is I covered that the Grand Prix, it used to be called in my day the Grand Prix of the United States. Right. I was a stringer for Dan Miller at uh, WBN Radio, and I'll never forget it. I had the opportunity to stand right next to Paul Newman. I had the chance to talk to the, uh, many of the racers, including Jacques Villeneuve. And uh, the only problem was uh, you, you out there now are having a wonderful, sunny, great, gorgeous day. But when I went there, it was a mud pit. <laughs> it was so yeah. bad that 
My, what, we, we try to pitch a tent and stay overnight and all that, but it rained forever. When they finally did start the race, I have to report that Jack Spillen, you uh, believe it was him, was uh, killed in a crash there uh, yeah. during that period. So it, you know, it, it's a hit and miss operation, as you said. Sometimes you'll get the rains and you'll get the bad weather, and other times you get the beautiful day that you have today. I'll never forget them. It was such a wonderful experience because along with the Grand Prix, they had all kinds of races. In fact, Newman participated in one of them, and he won during that course of that day. So I have good memories. It's a picturesque facility, and it's a great racing track. And I'm glad you're there to report this to us. And uh, all season, you've been that. I just want to ask you one question. What what is Earnhardt's uh, condition. I mean, I read on the TV, I saw on TV that he decided to fold up his teepee. Was the concussion that severe that he couldn't uh, couldn't pass the protocols, or did he just say forget it? Uh, I think uh, his doctors, uh, Tony. Thank you for the phone call. I think uh, his doctors said, you know, it's that you 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 can't get back in the car this year and it's not just the one concussion he's had a, a history of them. that that's part of this here is he had a history of concussions uh going back to uh almost 15 years ago so that that has a lot to do with it too it's not just the singular concussion but just the history and so the doctor said it, it'd be wise for you Dale not to, to get back in the car and, and again like we talked about John Oriovitz D- Dale realized something wasn't right upstairs and, and he needed to have it looked at so uh you know he he took a, a long, hard look in the mirror and realized that he needed to see a professional, and, and that's that's how we got to the stage. So it's yeah, it's uh, he was told he, he can't get back in the car this season. So it concussions are so hard to to you know get a get a read on because we we don't know really how the brain works. It's hard to research concussions on on a live brain. It's impossible actually. You know you can only do all the CTE research after a person has passed away. So. That's what makes it so difficult. It's not, you know, like he, he broke his leg, and we know how long legs tend to mend. It's we don't know how long the brain takes to mend, especially with repeated concussions. So, uh, Tony, thank you for the phone call. Thank you for listening all season. But and you bring up an interesting thing with the the history of Watkins Glen, and that that was the the era, the Formula One era, when when all the the big names, the the Jackie Stewarts, the uh, the um the Nicky Laudas raced here back in the seventies and uh, the tales of the the Seneca Lodge and and the bog where they they burned a bus down to the ground one day the the rowdy uh, heyday here at Watkins Glen International and then uh, as we talked about Larry Ott the tr- the track you know fell on hard times and, and you know they they ran out of money which is why Formula One had to leave. And uh, it got it got on some bad times, and luckily the International Speedway Corporation has has come in and it kind of rescued the facility. Had they not gotten involved, who knows if the Glen would be anywhere near what it is like today, um, without their investment and also getting the state involved. Um, and a big credit of that is Michael Printup. Um, one of his jobs before being the track president, he worked as a, as a lobbyist basically for ISC and NASCAR. So he he knows how to to deal with the government government officials. But uh, you know he he's had a working relationship with the governor Cuomo and and the local representatives here. So without that involvement, without ISC investing, it's not just government money, but the International Speedway Corporation has invested money here at Watkins Glen, and really turned this place around. And this, I get, you could almost call this the 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 second 
heyday of Watkins Glen, it's not the the rowdy, crazy, sexy 1970s. It's more of a family atmosphere, like we said with Larry uh, in the the previous hour. But it's a, it's a different kind of uh, era, and, and it's paying off because. Uh, you know, back-to-back reserve seat sellouts for cup weekends. Attendance, they're not expecting a big turnout today. They know with the limited promotion and going up against a lot of other things this Labor Day weekend. You've got the State Fair in Syracuse, which isn't far from here. You've got the Classic Weekend at Oswego. Um, You've got, you know, just another non-racing stuff going on Labor Day holiday weekend. People just doing things with their families and only three, barely three months to promote this race, not even three months to promote this race, um, they they know they're not going to pack the place today, but they want to build on something for 2017 and for 2018 to, to get this place filled up. Um, but like I said, it's the, the, the camping part of this, of this facility is, I think, what draws so many people here now in, in this uh, second, this rebirth of Watkins Glen over the last decade since International Speedway Corporation has gotten involved. Um, that the, the camping has is, is become such a big part of the weekend. And like Larry said, you can come here, have a great camping experience, and not even watch a race car go around the track while you're here. Um, it's it's it's, it's kind of like that, where there's just campers all over. And actually, I was watching some of the uh, the practice coverage this morning uh, on the, the, the live feed on IndyCar.com with audio from uh, IMS Radio Network, and one of their reporters was talking about how instead of this is a racetrack with a campground, it's more like a campground that just happens to have a racetrack in the middle of it. Um, it it's it's that it's that kind of facility with you know kind of surrounded by nature, of course, and uh, just the layout of it uh, makes for uh, some great sights and uh, really great uh, atmosphere. And it, it's it's great to see that the, the Glen's doing so well and having it so close uh, here to Western New York. Again, eight oh three oh five fifty one eight 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 five fifty two five fifty. Uh final twenty minutes of the season here on uh WGR's fast track. Um real quick, I, I I guess I should get my my chase picks in since I can't do it on the air once the actual chase starts. That's always the fun thing about this show is we wrap up before the the playoffs, so to speak, of the sport we we carry begins. So you kinda have to make these uh crazy predictions and still not even have the regular season over with. So I mean, there there's a possibility that uh, you know some some driver could win tonight at Darlington or, or tomorrow or next week at Richmond and make the chase that we're not even thinking about. But when when you look at the the chase here, the the current format with the elimination, it's it's very unpredictable. I mean, who would have thought you know we'd have you know Ryan Newman racing for a championship two years ago in the final four? Just he was able to point his way in. But now that we've got two years under our belts, I think teams and drivers starting to figure out a strategy that that they think that can get them to the final four at Homestead. It's still it's still going to be. Uh, I think you're you're still maybe going to see one driver, uh, you know, out, out of the blue wind up in that final four. But really, the the favorites have to come from the Joe Gibbs camp, and, and that starts right with Kyle Busch. Uh, you know, he came out very fast this season. He's not had as good a second half of the regular season, but Kyle's got to be a favorite for the championship to to defend his championship from last season. So, you know, look for Kyle. I think Kyle is going to get in to, and he's going to be in the final four. And there's going to be another, at least one other Gibbs driver. I don't, I can't pin it down to whom, but there's going to be another Gibbs driver in the final four home sense. So I think it'll be, you know, Kyle Busch, 
probably Carl Edwards. I thought Carl was going to maybe steal it last season, and then Kyle was uh, hot enough during the chase that he won the championship. But uh, Carl is third in points, and just with you know guys like Kyle and Denny getting all the attention, Carl is quietly having another phenomenal season. And uh, ever since last year after the Coke 600, that that 19 team has been has been really just money. Uh, and they're the highest Gibbs team in the standings in third. So it's going to be, you know, Kyle, I think Carl, and then one of the Penske guys, uh, Logano or Brad, they're having fantastic years once again this year. I mean, Brad's tied with Harvick and Bush for most top fives this season. So one of the Penske cars, either Keselowski or Logano, and I think uh, Harvick will be in contention once again for another championship. He is just too good not to discount him. Um Again, another guy that sometimes just flies under the radar and just, you know, nails all these top finishes. Um, uh, you know, he like gets all these top finishes, and he has 19 top 10s again this year. He's failed to finish out of the top 10 only five times so far this season. So I think he'll be the fourth guy in the championship. But I, I'm going to go out on a limb, and I, I'm going to say that Carl Edwards wins the championship this year. I think uh, he... Uh, Again, he'll he'll do it on more substance than than splash. I don't know how many wins he'll rack up in the chase, but he'll be there at Homestead, and uh, he knows how to tie for a championship like he did with Tony Stewart back in 2011. And I think this year he finally gets that title. So uh, my pick, at least sitting here today on September the fourth, here at Watkins Glen, uh, covering an IndyCar race, but uh, my championship pick. Not that I want him to win it, but I think Carl Edwards will be doing a backflip at Homestead as your NASCAR champion. Uh, final segment to come here. One last chance to get a phone call in. 803-0551-888-552-550. You're hoping to have another guest there. I apologize. Unfortunately, uh, the person who I was communicating with, he got tied up and wasn't able to join us. So I apologize for not having some more uh, guests here live from Watkins Glen. But uh, when we wrap up, uh, final segment, uh, we'll talk about some big local racing still to come this year. There's a lot of great local racing to come, and uh, we'll kind of run through some of the big weekends coming up here for the rest of the season. When we wrap up this season of Fast Track here on WGR. When it's time to party, we will party hard. Let's get a party going, let's get a party 12.50 here on WGR, the final segment of the season for WGR's Fast Track as we come to you live from Watkins Glen International. A couple of bit of breaking bills news i'll squeeze in here uh pro football talk is listing some waiver claims and it, according to pro football talk the bills have claimed running back dan vitale or dan vitale from the buccaneers i can't tell you anything about him but i figured i would just mention that since i'm on the air and also the panthers claim former bills defensive end lavar edwards on waivers again that according to profootballtalk.com uh more on the bills of course tomorrow uh, on WGR with uh, Howard and Jeremy at 6 a.m. and uh, Murph on at, at 10 a.m. So uh, stay tuned as uh, this is the first regular season week coming up. This could be a big week, so I hope you keep it locked here to WGR Sports Radio 550. Also, uh, throwing a quick lacrosse note, um, uh, the summer leagues up in Ontario, a lot of the players that play for the Bandits in the National Lacrosse League, they play summer lacrosse. Uh, the one in Ontario is called Major Series Lacrosse, and Ryan Banesh, Dean Smith, and Dave Brock, they play for a team called the Six Nations Chiefs, and they were in a uh, champ, the series champ, league championship um, taking on the, a team from Peterborough, the Peterborough Lakers, who Mark Stainhouse plays for. Uh, the Peterborough went up, th- took a 3 nothing series lead, and uh, 
Dane and Benny and, and Brock, uh, they battled back, and they won four in a row. They came back down 0-3 to win the series 4-3, and they're going to play for what they call the Man Cup, which is kind of like the uh, Canadian Championship of Indoor Lacrosse. So I got a, I, Not that I watched the games, but I've been following on social media that they were down 0-3, and I saw that they come back and won 4-3, so that was pretty cool with uh, the connection to the, the members of the Bandits uh, on the teams. Uh, in our final minutes here, just real quick, there are some great local races still to come uh, this month and into October if you are uh, looking to fill uh, up your weekends again. Today you've got uh, Los Suigos underway with the International Classic for the Super Modifieds. You've got Wyoming County today with the modif uh, Modifieds, and uh, Humberstone has their usual Sunday show. Uh, next weekend, Lancaster wraps up the regular season with uh, their points finale on September the 10th. The weekend after that... Uh, is uh, you've got uh, Ransomville's got King of the Hill weekend uh, Friday and Saturday. That's their big end of year weekend at Ransomville. And also we got Race of Champions weekend coming up at Oswego, uh, the 66th edition of the Race of Champions, which will be 250 laps this year for the Modifieds. Uh, Chuck Hosfeld, Patrick Emmerling, all the big series names. Plus you've got, I believe, uh, Ronnie Silk, I believe is going to run. Uh, the the 250, um, so is uh, Chris Pastriak, and they've got a couple other uh, guys from New England coming to uh, run with the ROC Modifieds uh, September 16th and 17th at, at uh, Oswego Speedway. And then the following weekend, September 23rd through the 25th, that is uh, U.S. Open at Lancaster Speedway, the big biggest racing weekend in western New York for local racing. Uh, Saturday and Sunday, you got the big sportsman race on Saturday, and then Sunday, you've got the Modified 125. Uh, the street stock should be also phenomenal this year with, with the U.S. Open. There should be like 30 street stocks on hand. So that's uh, Lancaster, September 23rd through the 25th. And then you've got the weekend of October the 9th, which uh, is my brother's wedding on Saturday, October 8th. But uh, you've got Super Dirt Week, of course, again at Oswego. They're going to put dirt on top of Oswego. We, we've talked to uh, Danny Kapazinski and Jeff Hockman about that here on the program. Uh, that is... The, all that week, you've got the, the satellite events at some of the other area racetracks leading up that week. And then uh, you've got the 150-lapper for the 358 Modifieds on the 8th. And then the 300-lap big block race, uh, October the 9th at uh, Oswego for Super Dirt Week. Uh, Wyoming County also has their big uh, end-of-year modified race uh, that weekend, too, I believe. So lots of great local racing. Uh, just because it's football season doesn't mean you, you don't have to go to the local tracks. you still got a good month of racing here in western New York and southern Ontario. Uh, this weekend, coming up, too, if you're a dirt racing fan, the Dirt Sportsman Series will be in the area Friday at Ransomville, Saturday at Merrittville, Sunday at Humberstone. So uh, lots of great local racing over the next month. Uh, do not miss it. Try and check out as much as you can because... Uh, Pretty soon the snow will start flying and we'll have nothing to do. Uh, thank you so much. Uh, thank you, as always, to our program director, Alan Davis, for giving me this hour, well, two hours today, but to give me something I, I love passionately to talk about while I continue to get less and less interested in stick and ball sports locally. The I always have racing to fall back on, and uh, it's one thing I, I care about the most when it comes to sports. Um, so I, I'm appreciative that Alan continues to give me this airtime to talk about it with you every week. Uh, thank you to Brayton for producing today and also Mike Jafari, who's produced for me uh, the majority of the year. Thank you so much to you guys. You guys do a heck of a job back there. And uh, thank you again to uh, Ryan and Batavia Downs for sponsoring the program. And uh, continue to follow me on social media. We uh, love to talk racing social media, including I'll have updates on Twitter today from the Glen at Fast Track 550 and also our Fast Track Facebook page. And hopefully we'll talk to you soon here. 
once again for another season of Fast Track. So thank you again for listening. We'll talk to you hopefully next season. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal. So why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.